Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. And if you haven't already, please go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. The song you just heard is Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Nick Costco. Nick is a graduate of Rutgers University, where he wrestled for their club team and also started broadcasting Rutgers dual meets, along with various other Rutgers sports. Ever since then, he's been heavily involved in wrestling, covering both the Big Ten and NCAA tournaments. Nick currently works as a sports writer for On3, and as a wrestling community, we are very privileged to have people like Nick covering our sport. Can't tell you how important it is to have people like Nick covering it and doing a great job like he is. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Nick Costco. What are you doing during the offseason besides jujitsu? Uh, well, my full-time job is with uh, On3, so I'm a news yeah. desk right over there, so I write full-time for them, and then, you know, I broadcast uh, football, basketball, wrestling, baseball, really? mostly for Rutgers, obviously. Um, high school football, though, high school basketball, um, you know, do Rutgers. I'll be doing a couple Rutgers baseball games next uh, month. Actually, on Tuesday is my first one of the year, so yeah, so, uh, they're all, those are all, all broadcasting as seasonal gigs, but um, yeah, writing's the uh, full-time job right now. Yeah? Yeah, man. Writing. Do you like writing? Yeah. I mean, it's paying the bills. So. And yeah. it's remote. So I don't know if I, I really can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you like writing? What do you most like writing? Uh, I mean, my job is to cover college football and college basketball and recruiting. So that's where I would say uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's where it is for sure. Yeah. yeah what, uh, how's Rutgers baseball team looking? Uh, pretty good. Um, they just can't, I mean, they're, I think they're up and downs. They usually have a, um, they usually go down, they usually go down South to start the year. Usually it's like Miami, some of the Florida yeah. schools, South schools. So they're always like up and down with that. Uh, I think they were down like seven, nothing yesterday to NJIT, but they ended up winning nine, nothing or nine, seven or something like that. Nice. So, um, they're taking on Hofstra on Tuesday. So okay. I'll do my, uh, research this weekend because they have Michigan state this weekend. And then I'm doing their Michigan series. Uh, at home at the or it's like middle of the month. Yeah. 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 They still they still upset about being snubbed last year. Or I'm they sure they are, but you know, different team. <laughs> they were snubbed. The uh, basketball team was not snubbed though. I can tell you that. I will yeah. take that to my grave. They were not snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember the baseball last year. Like, you know, uh, I thought they were in. I really did. I was looking forward to it. But yeah, it stung. Anyway. They uh, they lost yeah. uh, who was it? They was it Maryland at the end of the year? Is either Maryland or Michigan at the end of the year? They they had to win like they had to like sweep them to get the the regular season title. I forget what the scenario was. It might have been mm-hmm. Michigan, and I you know they went. They never made the Big Ten tournament until last year, so that was obviously an accomplishment. But yeah, they won uh, whatever the record was last year. I just remember, I just yeah. remember they were like, "Wow, they're ranked pretty high in all the metrics," and they were they didn't get in, so that was weird. Did they have forty wins? Yeah, that's what it was. They, they was like 40, 40 wins, wins, 40 plus wins. And they were just they're like, how do you not get in playing in the Big Ten and having that good of a year? So, man, what are you going to do? Yeah. What about the wrestling team? Yeah. As far as? Uh, I don't know. Like, Goodale has just has them trending in the right direction, seems like. 
Yeah, bit of a down year, young team, right. but you know they'll attack um, recruiting portal. Uh, probably some guys will shift around weight wise. So um, I would say on there they'll be back on the up and up on the upswing uh, for next year and beyond that. They're probably going to reel in some big fish recruiting wise, and then um, yeah. you know obviously the, the you know the transfer portal changes everything. So yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you think of the transfer portal? Um. I would say it's the wild west. I mean, football, it's obviously crazy and basketball, yeah. it's crazy and any other sport can be crazy that they, they, they probably just don't have the, like any of the Olympic sports don't have the resources, I would say NIL wise and, you know, collective wise, that's all football and basketball. But I mean, there's always deals to be made. There's always reasons for um, transferring out. And obviously that's, it's basically more than a one-time transfer at this point. There's more loophole. I mean, I, I don't even want to call them loopholes, but obviously guys like they could transfer, but also they can graduate and they still have a year of eligibility or two years of eligibility. Um, and they could transfer again, essentially. Um, and like grad transfers are immediately eligible. So like, that's why you see a lot of like wrestling grad transfers, like, you know, mm-hmm. Usually, I mean, usually those guys won't be wrestling a fifth year anyway. This is obviously a lot of the COVID leftovers because of the um, the free year they got the other year. So yeah. that's why it's so a little bit crazy for wrestling right now. I think it's going to settle in, but I mean, it's 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 changed the it's changed the game for all sports in college for sure. Yeah, yeah. So Nick, I want to just who the heck are you, man? You know, like you're so you're from New Jersey. Um, how did you get into all this? Uh, you know, sports wise, did you do sports in high school? Um, you know, did you wrestle specifically? Yeah. So it, you know, just to kind of make a a really long story short and I played football, you know, almost my whole life. I wrestled starting in middle school, wrestled through high school, mm-hmm. um, wrestled in college too. Actually had Rutgers for the club team. I ended up running our, uh, kidding? our, our student run club team, uh, throughout, nice. uh, college. So my senior year, I was the president of the team and I competed as well. You know, I always say, uh, I loved it. And I always, you know, I always tried to envision myself either playing football or wrestling in college, but just wasn't in the cards. Uh, just wasn't, you know, I have to be frank. I just wasn't that good. I was very average. Um, and I'm sure you could look up my varsity record from senior year of high school. It just, it just wasn't good. You know, I was in and out of the lineup. I had a couple of injuries in high school, uh, through football and wrestling. So, you know, I had a big passion for it. So I always wanted to stay in sports. Um, but just playing them at the next level or doing them at the next level just wasn't exactly in the cards. Um, I'm glad I wrestled in college though for the club team. So I, I got to compete. I got to, you know, roll around and, you know, obviously work out and, you know, run the team as well, which was nice and kind of, kind of be like the de facto coach since we were student run. Yeah. Um, so that's how, you know, I've always had a love for sports since I was very little uh, as far as doing the media part of it. Um, I kind of, discovered that when I was really young because I love the broadcasting aspect. I was a bit, you know, I'm a huge Eagles fan. I'm from, I'm from South Jersey. So um, I love Merrill Reese still do uh, radio voice of the Eagles. So I kind of always emulated him or, you know, impersonated him or did impressions of him when I was, when I was little. So I kind of felt like I had a knack for broadcasting at some point, or at least a passion for it. And then through high school, I was just kind of trying to discover what I wanted to do in college. Um, my father was a state trooper. So I thought, um, I would go the, you know, NJ state trooper uh, route at one point, yeah. or, you know, my mother was a teacher or is, is still a teacher. So I thought that might be, those two might be my, my career paths, but I just discovered more and more love for journalism um, and writing and broadcasting. So in high school, I eventually wrote for, we had like, you know, we had a couple of classes, like, you know, journalism classes, yearbook classes, mm-hmm. media classes. So I kind of 
uh, dip my toe in all those waters and wrote for the, you know, the one that once every two the biweekly uh, student newspaper over there in my high school, uh, wrote for the yearbook and helped create the yearbook. I did some media classes, did some short films, and I was just trying to find what I was really going to be into. Then that led me to declaring a or declaring my journalism major uh, right when I got to college. Always wanted to go to Rutgers. I had a couple of family members that went there. You know, I looked at other schools, but always wanted to go to Rutgers. Uh, I was always a Rutgers uh, athletics fan, particularly, obviously, Rutgers football. Um, mm-hmm. And then as I got into wrestling from middle school and the high school, I discovered more of the college stuff uh, as I got to college. Um, kind of just fell in love with it. And I tried and I was kind of balancing it where I wanted to basically cover them, keep track of them, you know, be interested in them, go to the matches and whatnot. So um I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in college as far as, all right, should you write for the Daily Target at Rutgers, the student newspaper? Should you do, it, it was called Our Vision, then I think it still is, and, you know, be try, try to be on camera or at least do the production stuff behind camera for these live broadcasts, you know, go the TV route. Um, and then I discovered WRC, our student radio station. Mm-hmm. That was sophomore year. So my entire freshman year, I didn't really do anything my first semester. And my spring semester, my freshman year is when I discovered the club wrestling team and joined, started practicing. I didn't, I didn't compete till sophomore year, but I, I started wrestling again uh, towards the end of my freshman year of college. And then in sophomore year is when I discovered uh, WRSU. My friend Julian actually brought me there because he was interested in going to the meeting as well. Um, so I discovered that and I was like, yeah, this is this is really cool. So I, this is like how I want to do is, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to sports radio locally, nationally. So I thought to myself, yeah, sports talk show host, you know, calling live games, doing play by play. I've always envisioned doing play by play. And this was my route to doing it, essentially. And it kind of just morphed into that. And just so happened to be the first thing I ever called live on the air for our student radio station was Rutgers Wrestling because we never done it before. And I said to our broadcast administrator, uh, Mike Pavlichko, who is still there, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, and I said, this seems really good. They're in the Big Ten. This is the premier conference for college wrestling. I had just gotten back into college wrestling or gotten into it uh, the previous year, just watching a little bit and getting to know more about the team. And I knew of Rutgers wrestling and what they could potentially do because of what I did in high school, being so interested in covering high school wrestling as I was wrestling as well. And that was Anthony Ashnault. He was the big, you know, the big get, the first big get for um, Rutgers in the Big Ten. And Co- uh, Coach Goodell, obviously Scotty Winston, those guys, you know, years before that as well. But he was the he was the guy that was going to put them on the map in the biggest conference. So that's the biggest reason why I was interested in it. And then all of a sudden, it just morphed into me saying we should broadcast this on the radio because we've never done it before in the history of the student radio station. I know wrestling maybe somebody else does at this station mm-hmm. and my friend dylan who's our sports director at the time also knew wrestling and he was my first broadcast partner doing that we did Rutgers, michigan state uh this is back in december of 2015 i think Rutgers actually shut him out and it was like 38 nothing so they actually they actually wow. dominated michigan state that day, you know? <laughs> and then um and my other buddy mike antoshowitz uh who's my broadcast partner all through college he also wrestled in high school up in North Jersey. I think it was Ridgewood. And I met him actually at a club wrestling practice the year prior. And I did, I, I realized that he actually also was at the student radio station. So we ended up becoming partners as well. We did a match and the three of us did uh, the tournament at MSG nationals that year. We were just experimenting. And then that kind of led Mike and I to doing uh, Rutgers wrestling over the next two years while we were still in college, uh, broadcasting all the home matches. We did go on the road uh, a couple times for dual meets, did the big 10 tournaments, both those years, uh, uh, nationals in 17 and 18 and 
it just became a passion project. And I, this is, this is how I envisioned my vision, what my career would be doing stuff like this. So I graduated five years ago now from Rutgers in 2018 and it led me to various jobs, a um, bunch of part-time gigs for the next two years. I worked at Sirius XM part-time after an internship, worked there for two years as a producer and a board op. And I did all these seasonal broadcasting gigs down in New Jersey or you know, in South South Jersey, I should say. So that was all high school football. That was high school basketball. Um, and then I got back into Rutgers wrestling because I wanted to make the transition from radio, because again, no longer a student, so I can't do it anymore, mm-hmm. uh, to Big Ten Plus. And, uh, you know, Lou Brogno was the guy who was the voice of Rutgers athletics on Big Ten Plus for all the sports. And obviously, you know, he was a he was a great dude, uh, one of my uh, career mentors for sure. Um, obviously, his untimely passing a couple of years ago um, kind of just made the transition a little bit different. Uh, my classmate Dom is now the uh, voice of Rutgers athletics. And obviously, you know, me being slid into the bigger chair for Rutgers wrestling. But I broadcasted with Lou as his color commentator for wrestling um, for three years. Um, and then it was the fall or, you know, fall, almost winter of 2021 is where I took over as the play-by-play broadcaster on big 10 plus for Rutgers wrestling. And then when my other, uh, college, uh, classmates, Matt, Matt, Howe, he, uh, joined me, he was my new color commentator. He also had broadcasted with me in college and him and I just completed season number two on the air together on big 10 plus. And, you know, just th- these are all the seasonal gigs, of course. And my full-time job, I work over at on three, uh, on three dot on three sports. Um, so we, I I'm on the national news desk. I write full-time. I cover college football, college basketball and recruiting. Um, also cover college wrestling on a national level a little bit as well. And so that kind of just, you know, my job is basically almost go hand in hand there. So mm-hmm. It's been a long five years, I'd say, since college, it seems like. And obviously, it's been a long now. I, I've been counting them eight years since I started broadcasting Rutgers Wrestling. But again, this is the uh, the biggest passion project. And I just never thought I would actually get paid to do this. So that's why uh, it's been it's been pretty, pretty sweet. I've, there's 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 more I could dive into. But I know uh, I know you're interviewing me. So I'll let you uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back to you. And then, you know, my long story long is now uh, over for the, for, for the time being. <laughs> No, yeah, there's just, there's a lot to unpack there, you know, like how, how did you, first off, how'd you convince, you know, the, the student radio WRSU to, to let you cover wrestling that first duel because they'd never done before. Like what was, Mm -hmm. you know, what was the response and how'd you get that started? It was basically an experiment because again, we'd never done it before. And it's not like I was asking to go on the road. They, they, they were, you know, we cover basketball at the rack. Well, formerly known as the rack. It's Jersey Mike's yeah. arena now, of course. But oh, I said, we do this anyway. We can just go there. We're using the same equipment. We're just broadcasting a different sport than we never did. And, and, and just to kind of compare, we never did, we never did lacrosse either until I think my junior year. And I did a couple of lacrosse games as well. I never did. I never did lacrosse. Yeah. I never played lacrosse. I got. I like lacrosse. But you know, again, that's another <laughs> sport we never did. And now they still do. And they again, they still do wrestling on the radio for the student. The students still do it. So I'm glad they continued it after I left. And after you know, Matt was a year younger than me, so he yeah. continued it after I left. And of course, you know, I got to be a guest broadcaster with him in the booth in Pittsburgh when Surrey National won the national titles uh, mm-hmm. just four years ago. So. That was great. And just going back to the convincing, I said, you know, they're in the Big Ten. This is the best wrestling conference. So you're going to get the best competition. This team is also really good already. 
And at the time, I think I made the argument that this is the best team in the school right now. Football's not football's down right now. You know, basketball. This is before basketball started really developing under Steve Peichel. And I think this is just coming off the Eddie Jordan, Eddie Jordan era, era. So it's I was like, well, football and basketball are two biggest sports that we broadcast here are not good right now. And I, I said that and I wasn't afraid to say that because I was like, look, we need to try something different. It's great that we get experience, but these are the two biggest sports that people are going to be broadcasting post-college if they choose this as a career. But I said, you know, in the in the spring, we do baseball. We did it. We used to do a little bit of softball. I don't know if they do anymore. I know we stopped it for a couple, for a little bit, just because of, I guess, time constraints, equipment. Why? I, I don't I don't know what the reasoning was and, or maybe just yeah. logistics for the their old softball field. But I was like, we in the spring, we just do baseball. So, you know, we need to, let, let, let's add a little bit because they didn't do field hockey. They did boys and um, yeah, they did men's and women's soccer as well. So I was like, all right, we do men's and women's soccer. We do men's and women's basketball. We do football. We do baseball. Let's add something. So let's do wrestling. They're the best team. Um, we can we can carry this team. I and I think the biggest the biggest um, factor that I gave Mike was I know the sport. I wrestled. I still wrestle. Um, if anybody can describe it, it's me because you obviously can't throw an amateur out there and saying, you know, <laughs> if they don't know the terminology, it's going to sound horrible. And I've heard broadcasts like that. And it's and you, like you need to be educated on the sport. And, you know, I'm not saying that someone who's never wrestled can't do it. They obviously can't. You just got to be educated. It's like anything else. Like if I never right. play football, never watch football, and I know the terminology, I'd have to brush up and study and watch it in order to broadcast it. So that was my biggest sticking point. I said, I know how to do it. And my, and Dylan said he knew how to do it. My old broadcast, my old broadcast or sorry, uh, sports director and uh, former um, classmate. I said, we know how to do it. We both wrestled before, you know, he wrestled, I think years before I did. And I think he stopped, but he knew the sport and he obviously knew what he, he liked it. So I said, let's try this and see how it sounds. And it turned out it sounded uh, pretty good for my first broadcast. I, I, I knew had a broadcast. It just wasn't, I never, I never did it before. So yeah. I knew how to broadcast pretty much and anything, from on a very amateurish, studentish level, yeah. but I, ne- I never did it before until this match in particular back in December of 2015, and then obviously the rest is history. <laughs> Were you nervous? Uh, no, I wouldn't say yeah. nervous. I've yeah. been nervous before before broadcast, but it kind of just goes away when I start. I think it's just leading yeah. up to it. It's the anticipation. There's a little bit yeah. of an anxiety to it, and I still get it a little bit, but. Yeah. Um, I think it has to, it might, it might be, it might have to do with if it's something bigger, obviously you do what you want to nail it. Um, and I don't really get it with wrestling anymore. I think maybe a little bit. I do just because, or yeah, I, that's probably the wrong way of putting it by the biggest nervousness that comes across me is probably doing the open, the, yeah. on, you know, the on camera open <laughs> yeah. and it shouldn't because it's taped <laughs> like yeah. spoiler, spoiler alert. It's taped. So, you know, we, it, it's a minute and a half to two minutes. Matt and I are just are BSing about the match. Essentially. Right. It's like two guys talking about what's going to happen today. And that's what I get nervous for essentially. And mm-hmm. usually sometimes I nail it in one take. Sometimes it takes three takes. It, it's, it's whatever, but it's not live. And I almost do it better when it's live. Cause then I, I just wing it. It's almost because it's taped. I need it, I right. need it to be perfected. I think, and I think that goes with anybody. Yeah. I think anybody, any or any broadcaster that has similar feelings will tell you something along those lines as well. So, but no, but going back to you know, wow. I mean, eight, almost eight years ago, almost eight calendar years now. <laughs> um, no, I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was nervous. Uh, I was just like, wow, this is actually real. And I think once it started. I was just trying to formulate how I was going to do it on the air, how to transition, how to actually, how to actually call it. Because I mean, I mean, I say I do research, but back then I was just like, 
I, I didn't listen to how anybody or like really study how anybody broadcasted either on Big Ten Network on ESPN or I didn't look up anybody who broadcasted the college wrestling on the radio and go back and listen to some of their calls. I didn't do that. So I kind of just went yeah. in, you know, kind of created my own style then. And obviously it's stuck since. Yeah. And and over time, did you just kind of like, uh, you know, smooth the edges basically as time went yeah, on? Yeah, that goes without saying. I think that goes without, with, you know, with any sport that I've ever done. I mean, I've yeah. noticed a drastic change, I think, since college on how I broadcast, how I emulate certain words, how I emulate my voice and utilize my voice. Um, you know, just going back to college, it was Rutgers focused. It was college focused. And then I had to... Kind of get out of the mold of you're not the voice of a team after college. I mean, I actually, well, technically, I was actually a couple of different gigs I had. You know, I, I used to broadcast arena football as well. So the, oh, the Atlantic City Blackjacks were around for the year uh, before the <laughs> AFL folded. And then I think now they're coming back again you know, for the third time. But, you know, you're, I mean, for, and I know it's arena football, but this is an Atlantic City franchise. Now I'm the voice of a, pro, of a uh, professional team. You know, going against the Philadelphia Soul, going up against, you know, uh, who else was in the league that, that that year? Columbus, you know, Baltimore, you know, teams that have been around for years. And, you know, like Philadelphia, they're a well-known nationwide team if you follow arena football. So, I, you know, that was different. I was the voice of a team then. So I had, a you know, almost a little bit of homerism, I guess, with, you know, yeah. with with some neutrality as well. I did the same thing. I did, I did the Jersey flight. They were another indoor team a, a couple of years later. And I've done other things, you know, local professional teams. Like I used to do with uh, Atlantic City FC, their soccer team. That that was back in uh, – that was summer of 2021. So I've done team-oriented stuff like I do now for Rutgers Wrestling or any of the Rutgers sports. You know, I'm the voice of – Rutgers and as an as an alum, you're gonna have you're you're only basically doing the home stuff. So you're giving that voice to the fan that's watching. Rutgers fans are watching, parents are watching or listening. Okay, so that's where the slight homerism comes out, I guess. Yeah. And any 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 um broadcaster will tell you that you know they're being neutral and they'll be critical of the team um within reason of course you know you're not you're not going to trash anybody you never do that even on, on a neutral basis but i got i had to get out of that mold at least at first uh, outside of Rutgers when i started doing high school stuff now what now have i broadcasted my high school alma mater of course i have now is there in my head is there wish or hope that my alma mater wins at whatever I'm broadcasting, whether it's football or basketball. Of course there is, but yeah. you have to be neutral. And I got out of that mold and I had to make the transition from doing radio and then to now doing streaming video and TV where mm -hmm. I did radio right off the bat um, as a host and a broad, as a host and a play-by-play -play broadcaster right out of college. And then it transitioned to more streaming in January of 2019, so I, I, I broadcast for Cape Atlantic League Live, it's called, where we broadcast um, high school sports down in Atlantic Cape May County at South Jersey. So if anybody out there listening is familiar with South Jersey, that's that's the coverage area we have. So I've, I've been doing that for the last four years as well during football and basketball season. So that is more where the neutral stuff comes out. So I, I could be broadcasting, just for example, just the high schools down here, uh, Holy Spirit and Ocean City, for example. I'm not mm -hmm. going to root for I, – I don't root for anybody – but I'm, I'm not going to go overly excited for Holy Spirit over Ocean City. If I have a great game, I'm going to go nuts anyway. So yeah, I, got, right. I got I got more to the neutral type of broadcaster where I'm just trying to call an exciting game. If it is exciting or if it's not exciting, I'm trying to make it exciting and All to right. make it more 
enjoyable for the viewer or listener. But again, I made that I made that transition from strictly radio to to radio and video, and now it's mostly just on camera and TV and streaming at this point. But I mean, I would never say no to uh, doing radio again, which I mean, it could it could happen in the very near future as well. Yeah. And how did you start traveling, you know, for Rutgers wrestling? Because I remember I, I met you because um, I thought I recognized you at uh, the Big Tens last year here in Lincoln. And I was like, gosh, you just look familiar. And then you said your name is Nick. I'm like, OK, yeah, I, I feel like I've seen you around, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing Rutgers um, sports so, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So for tra- I mean, again, I traveled to broadcast for them while I was in college. Um, and I got obviously coming out of co- two years out of college when the Big Ten tournament was at Rutgers in 2020. I was right, obviously yeah. Uh, yeah, I was obviously lucky that I didn't have to go anywhere. I should just go up to the alma mater and the Big Ten mm-hmm. tournaments right there. Um, as far as the last two years though, you know, as I've been at the Big Tens and Nationals uh, once right. again in 22, and obviously um, earlier this month, um, that I that I utilized my work. So I used to work for 24/7 Sports, used to write for them and yep. be a podcast host for them as well i did that for three i was with them for three years um but i traveled out to lincoln for big tens last year and then went to detroit for nationals last year with them um for 24 7 sports cars i was mostly doing penn state stuff um but this year uh, as i started with on three back in december i went out to um ann arbor and obviously uh tulsa for big tens and nationals earlier this month that was again that was for on three that was for written coverage you know i did a little video stuff you know with you know with the phone getting some interviews and trying to post a little bit more video content to social media or obviously my youtube channel uh, just to you know tack out of the resume reel as well so um that was through work obviously uh this year i had more of a carte blanche so to speak where i can kind of do whatever i wanted you know cover whatever i wanted whatever the bigger stories were what was going to drive traffic to our site and obviously as the voice of the of Rutgers wrestling, you know, I obviously did stuff for them as well um, through on three though, of course, you know, that was on three coverage, but I was covering Rutgers wrestling from the on three perspective. So I was yeah. kind of just playing, playing both sides, so to speak. So that's, that's the answer to your question as to why I travel out to those tournaments, as far as dual meets for them. Um, if there's a situation, which I would love to, you know, I'm not going to say too much about right now, just because it's very early stages. And if I could actually like make this happen, then I, then I could make this certain thing happen. Then I could travel for Rutgers wrestling or go on the road with them more during the season. That's not tournament related. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. But for anything, anything I travel for right now, that's uh, through on three. And obviously, yeah. you know, I, I give, I give the little bit of love back over to uh, Rutgers wrestling from that perspective as well. Of course. Yeah. Why not? I mean, like we said that, you know, they're, building something you know they maybe had a little bit of a down year this year but um like you said they're the best sport on campus now basketball sort of maybe topped a maybe you could say but that's how i felt about here at nebraska you know i go to nebraska and i'm like man there's so much coverage to nebraska football and nebraska basketball and i'm like this wrestling team is better than better than all the men's sports the volleyball team is you know, up there, you know, probably yeah. the best on campus, but I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of the Olympic sports at Rutgers really caught up as, as they developed in the big 10, obviously the men's women's lacrosse teams are great. Uh, baseball's obviously really turned it up. Basketball yeah. made two NCAA tournaments in a row, just missed out this year. Um, women's basketball is going under a rebuild. Obviously, football is a, you know, is again, that's a massive rebuilding job, but the, the Olympic sports have caught up. Field hockey was great. Um, I'm, I think uh, women's soccer has always been really good um, since they joined the Big Ten. I think they, you know, they made the Final Four once or twice over the last, you know, between five and seven years. So men's soccer, finally, you know, men's soccer turned it around. 
the last couple of years as well. So everything's turning around at Rutgers as the 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 further along the development is in the Big Ten. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it seems like now wrestling is now like, all right, now we need to get a little more juice back, and I'm sure they'll be uh, ready and retooled for 23-24. Heck yeah. Um, so I want to touch on that wrestling club because um, I think that's kind of unique. That I, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't believe Nebraska has a wrestling club. Um, so. Did, was that there when you when you got there? Was it already started and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the club wrestling team wrestles in the NCWA, which is actually a large division of wrestling. It's all club teams. It's um, I want to say it. So basically, use the example of look at all the SEC schools. I'm not. I mean, I'm not talking about Alabama necessarily, but you know, they're like like a lot of Florida schools, a lot of Texas yeah. schools. Um, all these Southern schools that don't have official division one programs, mm-hmm. these basically are their division one programs. They're yeah. a lot of them are student student run entirely. Um, there's a good amount that are half and half. Uh, some others have a lot more help from the school. Um, I know for instance, uh, temple out in Philadelphia. So it's, you know, right over the bridge over here in South Jersey Temple's a big school. They don't have a wrestling program. I think they used to way back in the day. They might have had a Division One wrestling program. They're trying to get it back, uh, but their club team is pretty well funded, I think, by really? the school and also students as well. Um, but it's stuff like that. You know, USC, UCLA. I mean, who knows if they actually add a re- actual wrestling programs when they join the Big Ten in 2024, which would be great, obviously, for California wrestling. Um, but schools like that, um, you see a lot at the University of Texas in Austin, you know, huge football, huge basketball. We know how big that school is, how big of a brain that is, no wrestling. I mean, it's surprising because, you know, guys like Bo Nickel are from Austin, Texas. So, right. or sorry, Allen, Texas. Um, but they have, a, they have a club wrestling team as well. So, sent uh, the University of Central Florida, for, for instance, you know, they basically go too deep across their entire roster. It's crazy. So, so you, you'll see a lot of those schools have those club teams. There are other schools with division one programs that also have club teams like Rutgers, Penn state, because they have a bunch of campuses. They have, I think they have about like four or five club teams depending upon the campus. So they, they're like, they're split. They have like Penn state's like Dubois campus and there's a main campus and there's like three other ones or whatever the case may be. So that's what that is. And, you know, it's run like a regular wrestling season. It's run through, you know, the early stage, the earlier stages of fall. Then it goes through March. They have their own nationals. They just had them down in uh, Puerto Rico for some reason this year. I mean, it's usually yeah, it's yeah, it's usually in Allen, Texas. I think the one year it was in Orlando, but it's usually in Allen, Texas, the national tournament. I don't know why it was in Puerto Rico this year. I just have my, my <laughs> one of my former teammates um, is is the uh, helps run it now, and he's like he's the coach. He actually took over as president for me after I graduated. He came back to the club last year, and he took over as the coach just to help out you know obviously it's a seasonal gig but he, t- he took over as the head coach helped him out last year coached him again this year and then for some reason it was in puerto rico i have no idea why but um yeah so it was there when i when i got to school i'd heard about it read about it it was it went to the involvement fair as any student does when looking for <laughs> something to do for the next four years or something to try out so i found it and i was like oh this looks you know i i wouldn't mind going back and you know dusting the shoes off and you yeah. know getting back into it after high school. So that's kind of how I found it. I decided to join spring semester, my freshman year, like I mentioned before. And, uh, you know, rest is history right there. Competed a little bit. You know, I personally, I didn't qualify for the national tournament, um, but I went down there uh, twice. I went down there as a senior, uh, as the president of our club, and I helped um, 
coach our guys, basically organize things. Uh, my former teammate, uh, Jav, he won nationals actually back in 2018. So he was our first club national champion, which was great. Great thing to celebrate, uh, five years ago. We actually got it. We got, we got it right one year before, uh, the division one team broke through with a national. Sorry. That's the uh, one joke I keep in the back of my head, but yeah, he, he won, yeah, he won five years ago. And then, um, I went back again the next year was they changed some rules about students uh, fully running it. So I went back and helped them out as the coach uh, the next year. And obviously they've, uh, they, they've rebuilt after COVID um, as a student run organization. And uh, they just had um, actually two guys. You're, you're actually allowed to qualify two guys per weight for, for mm-hmm. the NCWA. They had two guys at 184, um, Nick Franco and Ben Liss. They actually both all they both got to the national finals, so they were guaranteed a champion. I uh, think uh, Nick won the national title, and Ben took second. He took third last year, actually. So they've had two straight years of All Americans again, and um, obviously they got their second national champion, which is great. Um, so the club is thriving now. It was uh, great to build it up and really. Ex, you know, really accelerate the progress, you know, scheduling mm-hmm. matches, scheduling tournaments, uh, getting guys ready for conference, do, uh, conference tournaments in the national tournament. Um, so it was a lot of responsibility as a student, but it was, uh, yeah. you know, I found it, I loved it. And it kind of reaffirmed my love for coaching because I do jujitsu now. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I train, I've been training for three years. I'm, I'm a blue belt, but I do, you know, I fill in as a coach when need be because my, my, my buddy, Al Bruce runs our school down here in South Jersey, Harbor Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, you know, he's a brown belt, trains under, you know, John Donaher, Gary Tonin, those guys. So uh, whenever he needs to fill in for guys to, you know, teach class, I'm one of them, one of our, one of the uh, blue belts that, that teaches. So I kind of found my love again of coaching um, and teaching uh, through wrestling and now through jujitsu. So it kind of all goes hand in hand. So uh, wrestling in college was definitely a nice boost to me rather than just broadcasting. I I think it still gave me a feel to, I would say broadcast wrestling better knowing the fact that I wrestled before, kept wrestling, Mm -hmm. uh, learned some new things, uh, you know, talked to a lot of guys that were obviously a lot better than me and, you know, broadcasting it now and still training and getting a different perspective with jujitsu. It's, it's definitely helped me as a broadcaster as well. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what were like, do you have some credentials like during high school, you know, varsity, did you make it to state? Did you, you know, qualify? Yeah, no, no, I didn't go that far. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, varsity, my senior year, um, I got a few varsity matches my junior year as well. Like I said, I was banged up a lot in mm-hmm. high school. I had a knee injury in I had a knee injury freshman year, which actually, you know, I got hurt in wrestling and I ended up playing baseball for one last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my freshman year, knee never got better. I thought it was a partially torn MCL, um, you know, not to not, not to alarm everybody, but it was actually a uh, it was a benign bone tumor in my knee. So I actually had sur- yeah, so I had surgery and I had to get that removed. Um, so obviously it wasn't cancerous, but I had to get that, get that removed if I didn't actually get it removed when I got it or when I discovered it, it would, it was about, so, I mean, I know we're going to be on audio only, but it was about this close to my knee joint. And if it actually had latched on, I would have needed a knee replacement at 15 years old. So that was obviously uh very fun back then in high school. So yeah, um, I had surgery. I was, ba- I missed all of sophomore year for football. I came back in wrestling. I was out of shape. I just didn't know, you know, again, I was, yeah. I was 15 going on 16. I, you know, I didn't or 15 years old. I didn't, you know, I didn't take care of myself right. Um, right. in high school, doing it the proper way to recover. And I, mean, I recovered, but I didn't, you know, I didn't keep myself in shape in any, you know, any other way I could have. I just felt like, oh, I'm laid up, man. This is this is what this is what's gonna happen. So, uh, I've taken a different mental approach to adult to a lot of different injuries since then. Like, if I can still do something, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna rehab it right. I'm not going to slack off even with diet or something like that. So, yeah. Um, 
yeah, then sophomore year was rough. Uh, you know, I was up like two weights, and then I eventually came back down. Junior year was a little bit better. Um, you know, in and out of varsity and JV, going back and forth, uh, wrestling between uh, 182 and 170 back then. And then uh, senior year, uh, after football, I was 195, so I had to make a cut. Uh, my buddy was at 182. My buddy Eric and I was not. I was like, I wasn't beating him for his spot. So uh, I eventually got, made made the call way back down to 170. Um, and then I actually lost a wrestle off, believe it or not, at 170 for the postseason. And my coach said, "Well, we'll be opening in 95. You want to go up?" And I was like, "No, well, go back up." <laughs> so I uh, put on a few pounds. I uh, bumped. You know, I. Um, I was too heavy for 170, so I was technically at 182. So I was, you know, I was weighing like 174. So mm-hmm. I was too heavy for 170. I weighed in at 182, but I bumped up to 95, and I wrestled in the postseason basically two weights up. Uh, didn't get out of the uh, NJ District tournament, unfortunately. And again, just you know, injuries. That I, I I had two shoulder injuries in high, in high school. One with football, one with wrestling. Same injury, AC joint separation. It was a little. It was on my right shoulder for wrestling. That was a little bit uh, less severe. So that knocked me out for a week. And again, I just, I just never, I never got a full consistent season that mm-hmm. year uh, or throughout high school, which kind of stunk. I'm not going to, I would never use that as an excuse. Was, again, I only wrestled in season. I didn't, I really didn't wrestle off season back then. I, I mean, if I could do it all again, I'd probably wrestle a lot more year round and still play football, of course, but I would have wrestled a lot more in the off season and took it more seriously in terms of the all season training. So I wasn't yeah. far behind the eight ball and I, you know, probably would have been better back then, but you know, I don't hold any regret about it. It just, that's just what it was. And that's just what yeah. I, I focused on back then was football and wrestling. Then took the off season to just lift and just hang, kind of hang out in high school. Then, you know, college was, I was already, you know, it's club. So it's not, you know, you're practicing two, three times a week. So it's like, all right, we're going to compete. We'll compete. Let's ask, you know, I, at that point, I just had fun with it. I want, you know, I wanted to train, stay in shape and, you know, just, you know, take on different lifting programs and doing different things with wrestling um, in college. But I, I figured the, the competitive side of me was like, yeah, it's still burning there, but this is, it, it's just fun at this point. If win or lose, what are you going to do? So um, that's the story of my competitive career for wrestling. Hmm. Not great, but you know, wrestled wrestled a little varsity. You know, same thing with football. Little varsity senior year. That was pretty much it, and that's the extent of my athletic career. (laughs) When did you start? You know, like doing sports. Did you do a lot when you were younger? Like, did you start wrestling? Did you say you started in middle school? Yeah, I started wrestling in middle school. I started doing some kind of athletics when I was uh, five. I actually did karate back in the day, which you know that's whatever at this point. But I started. I did a little soccer when I was really young. Um, and then I started playing football when I was nine years old. Um, wouldn't recommend it to my future kids to play that early. I would say play flag and you can put a helmet on when you're 13, <laughs> not nine. Like not, you were doing nine pads at nine. What's that? You were doing pads at nine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Peewee football wow. back in the day at nine years old, full pads, full contact, all that good stuff. So <laughs> would not recommend to my future kids whenever they come, <laughs> so, uh, you know, play, you know, play, play uh, when you're 13, full contact, play flag, you know, enjoy yourself and save your brain. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I did, I did football for a long time and, um, I started, I, I played a little baseball in middle school as well. And that's when I started wrestling as well. I started wrestling in eighth grade. My buddy, Eric, who I mentioned before, uh, he got me into it. He tried to get me into it in seventh grade, didn't bite. And then I bit in eighth grade and I never looked back since I was like, wow, I kind of wasn't good. You know, getting adjusted to a brand new sport. It was hard. And I was like, wow, this, I, I actually like this. And then in high school, I was like, well, I did it in middle school. I was doing high school. And of course, <laughs> high school, you know, they always tell you, yeah, this is not middle school. Like you're going to get your butt kicked every single day. It's going to yeah. suck. You know, every, as all wrestlers know, practice sucks. You enjoy the sport. You love the sport. 
but it sucks. It's, mm-hmm. Let's be real here. So, but I, but I stuck with it the entire time through high school, and obviously I did it again in college. So I never lost my love for it. Still love it. It's my favorite sport in season. Obviously, when it's football season, football is my favorite sport. But mm-hmm. you know, they go hand in hand. It's those two. So, um, but as far as competitively playing, I wish I wrestled when I was a lot younger. But it just didn't. It just didn't happen. Uh, yeah. I didn't really discover it till I was uh, twelve and thirteen. So, um, it's whatever. Uh, I. Loved it then, still love it now. So again, I don't hold any regrets over anything that I did competitively. And again, I still train jujitsu now, which is my that that's how I get my grappling itch Mm -hmm. out of of my system. And just I love it. You know, you you got you got to love it. Otherwise, why do it? Right. How many people were on your club team? Uh, Back in college, uh, we ranged competitors. You're saying? Yeah. Okay, competitors. uh, Let's go with um, anywhere between eight to 15 competitors. And again, there's okay. 11 weight classes in college or for the NCAA was they have that 235 weight class in between 97 and heavyweight. So competitors, yeah, we always ranged from like eight or 15 club was filled with like 25 to 30 guys, which was good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the numbers, de- numbers definitely have gone up since I left. Obviously again, the, the when COVID shut down pretty much everything and, you know, school was all virtual. There was no club and the club couldn't revive itself until like 2021. It was like barely anything at that point. They had a tough rebuild job uh, after the school reopened and whatnot, but it's built back up. I think they, they probably have like you know, between 30 and 30, maybe 30 and 40 guys in the club. As far as competitors, they probably have around between 15 and 20 now, which is great. Just my rough estimation, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was, they had pretty We had pretty consistent numbers as far as guys who wanted to compete all year. Yeah. Did what? What kind of credentials did did they have? Were they kind of similar or similar to you? Were they just you know they were wrestling in high school and they just wanted to kind of continue it in college, not overly competitively, but just something that they like to do and they just want to continue. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a mix of guys like that. You had guys like me who just wrestled in high school, just wanted to keep doing it. You had guys who had better credentials, uh, either from New Jersey or from New York, and you know, they made states, they were a place winner. You know, they just wanted to keep doing it. They weren't they either weren't good enough for D one, they didn't want to make the time come to D one, or they went to Rutgers when they could have went to a you know a D three or D two program that would have been better suited for their wrestling talents. So you had got you had, you had a mix of everything. So I mean you had plenty of guys, especially at that national tournament so it is a well-renowned um tournament here in the u.s uh for the college level because a lot of those schools don't have official division one programs in the ncaa so these are guys that could have went d1 but they decided to stay home or they went south and they found they found a central florida they found a texas um they're at usc or ucla or you know like like liberty for instance is division one a lot of sports they don't have a program Mm -hmm. they have a club program and a lot of those guys probably could have wrestled the division one level as well and you know they're they're kicking butt they're kicking ass at, at at the club level, and you know they're going up against other guys that could have went, you know, that were Division One caliber as well. So you had a you had a very good mix of guys that did it as uh, mostly hobbyists, I would say, in college, or just wanted to get the workout, wanted to compete a little bit, and still were good from their high school days, or guys that took it even more serious or took it more seriously, and uh, wanted to you know, be an all American or be a national champion in the NCWA because they couldn't, you know, say they couldn't make the Rutgers team or they couldn't make Penn state, you know, they couldn't make some of these other division one teams. And they want to do something else. And, you know, this is the next best thing. So it was, it, it was definitely a great mix. Hmm. Yeah. Did they, did you have some guys that came and they're like, you know what, I'm actually falling back in love with it. I'm going to go transfer and wrestle somewhere else or try, you know, t- talk to coach Goodale. Like, uh, Jav, Jav that I mentioned before, I think did a week or two of like, early preseason training with them in September. I think when he first got to college, 
maybe it was sophomore year because we were both the same age. So I forget if it was his freshman or sophomore year where he tried to do that, but I know he tried. Um, he didn't make the team. Um, I think he like lasted two weeks and then he decided it wasn't for him. Again, it's a big time commitment. And so I, I don't want to sure. put words in his mouth, obviously, as, yeah. to, as far as why it didn't work out for him. But um, he's the only guy that, at least from our club team, that tried that. Uh, other guy, we had another guy, um, this kid Tommy, he used to, he, this kid Tom, he used to wrestle. He was on the Division One team, and then he actually came to the club team to uh, wrestle with us because again, he just kind of he just he left the Division One team again. It was a time commitment. I think he was a um, sure. he might have been a med mate. He might have been pre med or something like that. Or I know he does. Um, it was or like it was like athletic training. He now works at Stevens Institute of Technology up in Hoboken, which is up in North Jersey. So it's like right across the water from New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, he's up there now. He's an athletic trainer. He's their strength. I think he's the strength and conditioning coach for a lot of the athletics up there. They're a D three school, so that was his focus in school. I believe was you know physical training. Um, the medical science behind that stuff as well, but he was a wrestler. And I think he just wanted the more of the time commitment to, you know, devote to his studies, obviously devote to, I think he was in a fraternity as well. And he still wanted to wrestle. So he wrestled for us for a little bit. I believe he competed a little bit as well. Um, if I remember correctly, I think my junior year. Um, but yeah, so he was, those are the only two guys off the top of my head that I could think of as far as now, not sure if guys came off the D one team and they wanted to do this or they, uh, went, they tried out for the D one team as far as transferring, not nothing like that, but those are two examples. Like I think off the top of my head, as far as guys that have gone back and forth, uh, at least within our, our own school. Dude, that's awesome. You know, like that's just is awesome to hear that there is a path, at least, you know, at Rutgers and some other schools where, you know, because some people want to go and get that education at a Rutgers, you know, yep. like I said, that guy was pre-med, you know, yeah, and pre-med, physical, whatever, you know, right. if you're doing something like that, you obviously need a lot of study time. You know, you're doing all, you're doing all these, all these science classes, all these uh, hmm. medical classes, you know, if you're being an athletic trainer, it's not, you know, you're not being a doctor, but you can essentially become a doctor at some point in that field. So I definitely get the time commitment part of it as well. Yeah. And you you just want to scratch that itch a little bit, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it sounded like you kind of had that too, a little bit where you were like, mm-hmm. you know, I still have this fire to compete. You know, mm-hmm. did you ever think about maybe, did, yeah. Did you personally ever think about going somewhere else or was, were you always no. zeroed in on Rutgers? Yeah, I was always at Rutgers. I mean, I visited other schools just for the journalism programs, you know, like yeah. a temple, like a Syracuse. Um, I actually, I, I visited Hofstra and, you know, uh, my, uh, also uh, Montclair is a smaller school up in um, North Jersey as well. So those all had, those were the, my five schools I looked at. I always wanted to go to Rutgers though. And that really wasn't another option for me to not go. I, I couldn't see myself at any other school. Yeah. Um, maybe a Syracuse, if, you know, if the cards fell my way, I would have considered it, but I couldn't consider myself. I couldn't see myself going anywhere else because of the love I had for the Rutgers athletics, which, you know, some fans might consider that an unhealthy obsession, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but that, that was my biggest reason for wanting to go there at first. And I knew they had a good journalism program. So I said, you know, this is the perfect scenario. I, mean, I don't want to. And I didn't, you know, I thought I wanted to go a little bit far, further from home, um, but I ended up looking at five schools that were in, sorry, Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I really didn't go. I really didn't sh- uh, go far. And obviously, I went, you know, an hour and a half plus up the road to New Brunswick. So. No, I couldn't finish. I couldn't, you know, once I got, once I got there and again, I never considered transferring for any type of reason. Yeah. I never even thought that to be a possibility. Never want, never would want to do that. You know, I'm kind of the person that, you know, if you're in something, unless it's a ridiculous scenario, like just Mm -hmm. see it out through the end. And I have no complaints about my college 
my college career uh, as a student, um, as a, you know, a bit of an athlete, obviously, and yeah. a, as a, as a, as a broadcaster as well. No, no complaints. It was the best thing for me. Best situation I could have hoped for. That's kind of catapulted parts of my career now, five years later. So no, I couldn't envision myself anywhere else. Yeah. What um, did you look at Virginia tech at all? Cause what was your major? What'd you major in? Journalism. It was a journal. I was a journalism major and there, we had a specialization with uh, sports. Okay. Okay. Cause, I, um, cause Nebraska has a sports media and right. broadcasting major, you know, and I think Virginia tech has something similar. So right. I didn't know if like you saw that and maybe put feelers out to Virginia tech. Cause how far away is Virginia tech? Oh, I'm just off the top of my head. I mean, I have no idea where it is. I'm going to say at least like, like eight or eight or nine hours probably. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And no, I know, I know again, the five schools I mentioned before, those are the five I looked at coming out like mm-hmm. while I was in high school and I applied to all of them, got into all of them. Nice. This was it. Yeah, this was it. The, the, the Rutgers was it. Um, and then again, it's blossomed into, you know, the best part of my job or jobs, I should say, you know, full-time <laughs> job and obviously all seasonal gigs, you know, they all, you know, they all count as uh, additional jobs. Um, but the best part is broadcasting Rutgers wrestling and there's, you know, it kind of, I kind of got reminded of that this year um, broadcasting for them as we, we didn't have, we didn't have as many matches this year um, right. to broadcast at home because of the, the way the schedule worked out this year. So we did yeah. four, we did four, I think, or it was five actually maybe four, actually it might've only been four. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Only four home meets and three of them were in Jersey Mike's and the other one, the first, first one of the year was a nice little throwback match at the college Ave gym on, you know, right on the college Ave campus, which it was cool, but I was like, wow, only doing four this year compared. I think we did seven or eight at home last year. Um, I was like, wow, I, I really appreciate this more than, um, more than I thought. And I've, I, this, this, again, this has been my passion project for so long, you know, going on, we're, we're getting very close to a decade of me, uh, being the voice of this team, which is kind of bonkers. Um, mm-hmm. cause I feel like I'm still so, so young in this field, but it's, it's, it's mind boggling, but yeah, this, this I, I couldn't envision anything else. Why wrestling? You know, like you said, it's a passion project and it's almost slowly becoming, I don't know, something bigger than that. I feel for you, like what, what drew, what, what kind of drew you into wrestling to begin with? Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, people talk to me either in person or, uh, you know, at these tournaments or just interact with me on social media. I feel like this is what, this is my identity at this point is ah, this, is, is this team. Yeah. Yeah, is is this program, and I'm proud of that because I I've gotten along with uh, Coach Goodell since I was in college. He was great um, to us as student broadcasters. He's the best with them still to this day. I've gotten along with the entire staff. You know, Donnie Pritzloff, uh, Joe Pollard, um, John Lee, and artist before that as well when he was still with the program. Um, you know, Kyle Kiss, who was was there um, for a year last year, got 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 to know him uh, really well. Uh, Jeff Buxton finally got to meet him in person this mm. year as well. Obviously, he was he was a great addition to the staff. <laughs> you know, well renowned across USA wrestling uh, and just the guys. Um, it, it was I've always loved wrestling because I did it. I love watching it, love watching it at the highest level, you know, at the division one college level, watching the Olympics, you know, watching, you know, watching the world championships as well, seeing the sport done at the highest levels. And then I think I just, I got more aligned with Rutgers wrestling, more aligned with doing this type of work as a broadcaster, being a voice of a team, because I've done it before, obviously with a couple other gigs I used to have over the past couple of years, um, but as far as the sport itself, there's nothing 
nothing compares to it because it's one-on-one. It's one guy out there against another guy. And it's the biggest sigh of relief and triumph when you win. And it's the worst feeling in the world when you lose. And believe me, I lost a lot. You know, I, I lost more times than I won throughout my high school and college career. I'm not afraid to say that, but I've learned so many lessons from that in life. And I know it's an old cliche. It's an old Dan Gable quote, but I know he said, like, once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easy. And it's true. I mean, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how bad you are at the sport. If you stick with it and you work your butt off at doing it, everything else in life, you're going to like, you're going to approach every other facet in your life the same exact way. So that's, that's the biggest reason why I'm drawn to the sport and love it. Uh, the passion for it from the fans, the passion for it from parents, fellow wrestlers, it's the coaches. It's unlike anything I've seen compared to football, basketball, baseball. It's, it's different because it's, it's a, it's a team sport, but it's an individual sport. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, you run that fine line. And I guess the same thing with like, you know, like a sport like track and field. That's individual, but it's also a team sport. But this to me, this, this is just a lot different because it's, you know, it, it's a combat sport, essentially. It's, it's the closest thing to a legal fight without the punches and not the strikes. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. So, you know, yeah. it, it's you're, you're almost simulating the life and death in there. Like if you get pinned, you're done. That's it. It's over. You know what I mean? So. That's what draws me to it. It's you know I'm a huge you know I'm a huge MMA fan. Obviously, I train in jiu-jitsu. I've tra- I train in MMA as well. You know, again, competitor, competitor. Uh, you know, my competing days with that you know are you know here and there. You know, I'm not saying I'm I'm all world at that either, but you know, it's it's that aspect of it. It's like you're doing something. You're almost doing something bigger than what humans are designed to do at this point. And again, it's a different. Yeah, you know, it, we're in modern society compared to the Stone Age, where you know people have to fight for their lives all the time. So I think it's a good way to simulate that and just get to give your mind a different perspective on it. And then on the broadcasting side of it, I think I really immersed myself in this program because I was classmates with a lot of these guys. I was in college at the same time as a lot of, as a lot of these guys. That I was broadcasting, you know, Anthony Ashnell, Nick Soriano, um, John Van Brill, Nick Gravina, this uh, running guys with top of my Richie Lewis. I know he's uh, exploding now as an MMA fighter. You know, he was great to talk to. All these guys were great to talk to. And just because we're student broadcasters, they treat us the same way as they would talking to any reporter, any big time broadcaster. And they also talk to us like colleagues. Right. You know, or, 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 or sorry, sorry, like peers, mm-hmm. you know. We're, 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 we're one of the same. We're both students here. Like let's help each other out here. And it's the same way now, even though I've been out of college for five years, you know, talking to guys right now, you know, some of my, some of the best guys I've talked to in this industry are guys on this team. And, you know, I got guys like Jackson, like Jackson Turley has been uh, a great guy to me talking to him uh, for, you know, as far as the guys that are on the program for Rutgers, you know, these, these guys follow me on social media. We, we follow each other on social media as well. So we communicate that way. I talk to these guys in person whenever I get a chance to, you know, um, you know, Brian Soldano was great. He's only a freshman this year and he, yeah. you know, he's already one of my favorite guys to talk to uh, as well. You know, Guys like you know, uh, I've talked to Dylan Shawver before. I, I, I've talked to all of them. Just you know, I'm just picking out picking out a couple of guys like Dylan Shawver. Joe Heilman was great on uh, his voice one year. Billy Janzer was like another great guy. And I, I remember him through high school. Was he was another South Jersey guy. So great to talk to him. Mike Van Brill, who graduated the other year. You know, he was great to talk to as well. You know, all these guys are just so great, and because they 
they appreciate the coverage almost because more so than than other sports because wrestling's not totally mainstream like football and basketball yeah. or even baseball. So it's it's different that way. I think that's that, that that's the, again another long answer as to why um, this sport over over others. I mean, yeah, do I love broadcasting football and basketball? Of course I do, especially football. I love broadcasting football. You know, because I, I played. That is my favorite sport, uh, aside from you know wrestling. Again, depend. Of course, depends on the season, but um, <laughs> but that yeah, you know, that's why it's it's a little bit more personal for me. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the whole time you were talking, you know, I was just kind of sitting here nodding my head. You saw me just kind of, because that that's the same that's the same feeling I get when I'm here. You right. know, like they're they're almost excited for the coverage, and they're like, oh yeah. Well, totally, you know, yeah, let's whereas, absolutely whereas, do this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, whereas, yeah, the football, it just everybody wants to cover football. You know, who doesn't, you know? Yeah, football's a great sport, you know, but but wrestling, it's almost like they're they're surprised and they're honored in a way. That, yeah, you know, I almost feel like you make it more of a difference covering this sport because you're not only usually anyway, affecting their lives in a positive manner. You're just you're bringing more exposure to the sport. I think you learn more about yourself as a broadcaster, as well as a member of the media, as a writer, a broadcaster, whatever the case may be. You learn more about yourself and you come up with craftier ways to frame stories, to frame interviews. You build different relationships because you know what this sport is. And again, it's a sport that, you know, a casual can't, a casual could pick it up. And I, I don't mean to disparage any cat. Wrestling needs casuals, right? Every sport needs casuals and the diehards. But a difference between a football diehard and a football casual is just knowledge, encyclopedic knowledge. Right. The difference between a diehard, a wrestling diehard, and a wrestling casual is night and day because they don't they don't know the intricacies of the sport. They have they usually haven't wrestled before. So, I think by placing yourself in here, say if I didn't wrestle, this might be totally different. But if I didn't wrestle, I feel like you would still try to find ways to immerse yourself differently than you would as a football casual. If you were covering or just watching it, because you want to find out more about the sport to try to relate to these guys at a, on a more personal level, because these coaches, these wrestlers, they're built differently. And I hate to use that expression. It's very cliche, but they are built differently compared to other sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's, when you, if you haven't done it before, if you haven't wrestled before, you know, me and my brother will talk about this all the time. Like there has never been a time where I have been more tired and more exhausted. Um, unless it was after a wrestling match. Like once I got done wrestling, I mean, yeah, there were times where like, I couldn't, I could hardly walk. I could hardly lift my arms. You know, I was sore. I was like, Oh my gosh. And even the next day I was like, Holy cow. Like, it's just unlike any other sport I ever tried, you know, it, it, and so unless, like you're saying, unless you've done it, it's hard to be like, and I get what you're saying with the casual fan, you know, we need casual fans, but also like to completely understand the scope of wrestling. It's hard to, unless you've actually done it. Yeah. Because they, yeah, I would say at least in the surface, they don't understand what it takes to do that. I'm sure they do, but it's, it's almost like one of those things. If you haven't done it, you're not going to understand. 
Um, and it stinks, unfortunately, because I think people can relate to football a lot more because like, you know, people say, oh yeah, I play backyard football. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know this, I know that I know basics and you know, you can almost relate to it better. And plus again, it's a more mainstream sport. Wrestling is mm-hmm. not, if wrestling is mainstream, um, like these, like football or basketball, I think that's where people would actually understand it more and mm-hmm. they, and more casual fans would be able to pick it up. Casual media members will be able to pick it up a little bit better. They, uh, they'd understand if you just understand the basics for wrestling, that's totally fine. And you can follow what's going on. You can get excited. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying to understand it on a deeper level rather than the broad spectrum. That's where if you have wrestled before, especially in a high in a high school environment, like a high school varsity environment and a college environment, you get a great you get a greater appreciation for it. So that that's why they're so passionate, those types of fans. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, like you're saying, how many people have thrown a football have played a backyard game or flag football or whatever or or playing basketball in the driveway you know exactly so you you can be like yeah you know i kind of understand because i've played it you know yeah no one's no one's sitting there doing a double leg in their living room and you know uh, uh, so anyway yeah i I also want to ask you real quick about um my brother always tells me that Rutgers has one of the most beautiful campuses in the country and i want to ask Nick, how beautiful is that campus? I mean, it's pretty beautiful depending on what you're looking at. Of course, you know, you yeah. have uh, you have the college, you have campus. You know, dude, for those who don't know, the main campus of Rutgers is split in between New Brunswick and Piscataway, right? You know, neighboring towns, of course. Yeah. But it's five it's five different campuses. It's all it is all one, but it's five different campuses. So yeah. just call them sections to kind of yeah. make it easier so I don't confuse anybody. I probably just confuse a lot more people though. Um but so the College F campus is the main one. You know, it's right it's right in New Brunswick. Um that's where actually the school of communication is. So that's where I took a lot of my classes where we're on College Ave. Uh that's the main crux of it, right? New Brunswick. Then you have the Livingston campus that's in Piscataway. That's where Jersey Mike's arena is. Uh that's where the athletic complex is for basketball and wrestling and gymnastics. Um I know field hockey and track and field go over there as well. Baseball's over there as well well as well as softball um you know again another campus and they have the uh, bush campus that's where the football stadium is you know that's more like the science majors and whatnot are over there as well huge spread out campus obviously because with the stadium the parking the soccer fields are over there as well um lacrosse plays in the football stadium and then you go to you have the cook and douglas campuses those are kind of off to the side those are also in new brunswick so they're kind of they're a little bit closer to um College Ave. So it's all on Route 18. So if any Jersey listeners are out there and they know Route 18, you go up Route 18, you see Bush and Livingston, go up a little bit more, then you have College Ave, Cook Douglas. So there are nice, there, there are nice spots. Obviously, College Ave is in the middle of New Brunswick. So the <laughs> campus part is nice. If you go a little bit straight, a little bit too far, it's like any other city. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but tonight, but you know, it's a great campus. Uh, Livingston's very nice. Uh, Bush spread out, big fields, got the football atmosphere. Obviously, that's great. Cook and Douglas are, you know, quaint little campuses as well. There's a it's a big pond over there. Oh my god, it's it's gonna bug me now. I forget what it's called. It's like some kind of romantic thing that, that people do. <laughs> I forget the exact, <laughs> but it's 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 over there. There it's it's great depending upon the season. Of course, some you know summer and spring. It's great early fall. It's great winter. It can be nice, but also you're dealing with city stuff on College Ave with the snow, bad traffic. Oh, it's a pain. But no, it, it is a great campus. No, I'll, I'll always say it's a great campus. So is Rutgers? Is it? Would you say Rutgers University is in Piscataway or New Brunswick? I've always heard of Piscataway. 
Piscataway is referred to when you talk about football because the stadium's in Piscataway. But if you're going to – there actually are three separate Rutgers in New Jersey. The main university is in New Brunswick. So they call it Rutgers New Brunswick, essentially. If you have to do the long name, so all those five campuses I just mentioned – Rutgers, you know, the Rutgers University in New Brunswick. That's the main one. That's the, you know, Division One, Big Ten, main academics, all that. There's a Rutgers Newark, which is a little bit further up in North Jersey. A lot of law school people go up there. And then there's Rutgers Camden. Um, but if you're talking about Rutgers, like actual Rutgers University, it's the New Brunswick campus. And then they have the two other ones um, in Newark and obviously down in South Jersey towards uh, Philly, which is Rutgers Camden. Hmm. Gotcha. Wow. This seems like a massive campus. Like I'm just trying to picture traveling. It is a massive like campus. You have, you have, you have to basically take a bus everywhere. So right, yeah. I'm just yeah, because here they have the city campus, which is where I'm at, and then they have East Campus, which is like Ag, you know, and uh, the dentist school, I yeah. believe. So that's about it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But geez, a lot of camp. So um, what do you what do you want to do? You know, I know that's probably an, a question you get asked a lot. You know what what's your end goal here, man? I mean. You know, you're covering wrestling, you're covering football, you're at on three. I mean, are you trying to continue the wrestling path? Are you trying to turn that passion into something that's maybe more of a passion plus moneymaker or? Um, you know, I kind of go back and forth with it. You know, the old, I have ultimate goals yeah. of broadcasting, you know, get one of these network gigs, uh, ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, whatever the, you know, whatever the case and the broadcast. At the NFL, college football, you know, same thing, you know, the NBA, college basketball, stuff like that. Um, you know, that's the ultimate goal. I like where I'm at right now. I'm not content. I'm never content. I don't, I don't think if you want to be some, I think if you want to be something in this business, you should never be content with what you're doing. You should be finding new different, you should be finding different avenues to kind of expand your horizons to obviously work your way up. That's what I'm still trying to do. Uh, again, I'm grateful that I have a full time that I've had a full time job as a writer um, going on. You know, this is gonna be my fourth fourth calendar year as a, as a writer. You know, first with on three, so I joined them back in December. I've been, you know, can't believe I've already been with them for almost four months. But you know, I saw the highs and lows of this business when I was working all part time jobs. And you know, I was a I was working at SiriusXM as an intern and a part time uh, board op and producer up in New York city. So just imagine that commute uh, and yeah. that, you know, did that, did that, yeah, did that for two years. And, you know, I saw the highs and lows of doing that type of job. The broadcasting is what I love. Um, would I write to make the bulk of my cash essentially just to put it in those terms? Yeah. If I had to, would I love to broadcast full time year round and have like a summer off or maybe do a couple things in the summer and, you know, have my salary be, you know, through the, or be like a you know have like a network salary for talking financials and just to broadcast in the fall and the winter and the spring and have most of the summer off and just get prepared for you know have like a decompress decompression period then you know have you know get prepared for you know obviously football and whatever the, whatever else comes in the fall yeah I would love that is that attainable right now probably not mm-hmm. unless someone's going to discover me in the next you know week <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so you never know that's why I always uh, post my stuff I always uh, keep my resume reels hopefully you know up to date um that's ideal but I've always thought about it on the flip side you know especially with Rutgers wrestling because I've I you know I'll be honest I I've, I've applied to other jobs that would put me into a full-time broadcasting role. Now, have I interviewed for them? Yes. Have I been denied? Yes. Have I 
to not have I pulled out of other jobs? Yes. Not the right fit either on both ends because I do love what I do right now. Now, does writing remotely have its benefits? Absolutely. I don't have to drive anywhere. I, I, I drive to go work out. You know, at, 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 I, I, I drive to go grapple. That's what I do. That's the only time I really have to drive <laughs> and to leave my apartment. Um, <laughs> but and obviously to go broadcast, of course. Um, so that has its pluses. It can writing be redundant. Absolutely. I think anyway, will tell you that, especially if you're on, if you're not writing big columns, big opinion pieces, you know, Writing can get redundant. It happens. You know, anybody will tell you that. And I'm just being honest. Does it pay the bills? Absolutely. Do I enjoy it? Yes. Am I good at it? I would say I am. <laughs> um, but as far as the passion project, which is Rutgers Wrestling, you know, do I want to keep expanding what I'm doing with them and trying to make it make it bigger than what it already is? Absolutely. I would love to do that. I'm trying to work on that as we speak. What what would could I, could I envision myself being a writer for on three? five years from now making really good money because I just constantly re-signed and, you know, gone, you know, either got promotions or, you know, pay increases or both at that point doing that and still doing this seasonally. Yeah. I could see that five years from now. Would I want it to be exactly how it is right now, five years from now? No, I would want to probably have a bigger role in the program, wherever, whatever that case is. I'm not, trying to be selfish about it. I just like, you know, I, I want to say we could do more than big 10 plus. And that's what I was alluding to before. And again, I don't want to put the car before the horse because I, th- this has all just been talk in my head for the last couple of months. So, you know, couldn't be more done. Could I join a big 10 network to do just wrestling? Could I do that? Could I get a job with them and do that? Yeah. Could I be the beat for right now? Could I be the B guy to, to a Shane Sparks? Why not? I love him and I have met before we talked before he knows who I am, which actually blows my mind a little bit, but you know, <laughs> could I do what he does? I would love to. He works yeah. for the big 10 network. He, he, he's spearheaded more wrestling coverage the last couple of years. That's made the sport grow on its own network. Could I do something like that? Absolutely. I know he does other sports. I know he's, he's, he, he called baseball last year. So mm-hmm. he's not just, just on wrestling. He's known, he, he's a wrestling guy. He's known as the wrestling guy, but, and he does other sports. So can I envision something like that down the line? Yeah, absolutely. So there is an end goal to it. Like if I, like if I was broadcasting the NFL and that denied me of broadcasting Rutgers wrestling, then obviously, you know, that comes to the territory. And I would imagine, you know, barring something absolutely nuts, like, of course, that's going to be, you know, that, that would be the scenario. And that'd be my end goal. Essentially, if I'm, if I'm calling, if I'm calling the NFL and I do a Super Bowl one day. Yeah. Then I, you know, that, that's, that's the, peak of the profession right there is do, is do something like that. Do I want that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I envision that in the next five years? No. <laughs> like that, that's for the, the very rare of the rare broadcasters who are great and also really lucky. That's, that's yeah. just how it is in the profession. So that the end goal. Sure. What I'm doing right now. Do I love? Absolutely. I wouldn't trade it for anything right now. Do I'm going to keep working up and, you know, making it more, you know, do I want to get more? Do I want to get more money out of it? As as anybody does, yeah. Do I want to keep moving up? Yes, of course I do. But what I'm doing right now, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, seeing Shane Sparks on the sideline of a football field once, and I was like, yeah. "Hey, what are you doing?" 
because <laughs> you're, you're exactly. right. Exactly. It just it just leads to other opportunities. That, that's why I say, and I, I don't want to treat wrestling as a springboard, but it can be right. for certain things in the profession. Right. But I want to stay true to wrestling and stay passionate about wrestling. Um, when whatever I do, and hopefully that's broadcasting this team for years to come. And if that leads me to having to leave the team and get a network gig and just call the biggest matches or, you know, do what Shane Sparks is doing on big 10 network, or who knows that, you know, if I have to do that for the ACC network or whatever the case may be, and that that's what it leads to. But, um, you know, for as long as I can, I would love to do this team. It's my alma mater. Um, passionate about them. Um, the program's in my blood almost. I'm almost like, yeah. I feel like I'm on the team half the time, uh, you know, just because I put, you know, my heart and soul in the broadcasting, their matches and covering them. You know, I root for, obviously I, I, you know, I openly root for them, of course. Yeah. yeah. Do I keep it neutral when I have to? Of course I do. It was like anything else. Like I, like I was mentioning before, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of like the long, again, another long winded answer, uh, but like of different avenues though, where I see my career potentially going. For sure. Yeah. What's, what's next for Rutgers wrestling and you what, like, what are you looking at trying to do to bring even more exposure to Rutgers wrestling or just the sport in general? Um, I'll leave it in the case, or I'll leave it like this just so I don't spout it out. Um, basically it would involve me being with them on the road a little bit more often yeah. just to, just to leave it like that, which would, that, that would be ideal. If I, if I could pull that off before the next season, then I'll be, I'll be very, I'll be very satisfied with, um, with what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And how do you think, so this is maybe more of a personal question from my end. Um, you know, how do you think we do that across the board? You know, like, would I like to travel with Nebraska and do that? Yeah. So like almost from one wrestling broadcaster to another, you know, what would it take for, Maybe me or somebody else who might be interested going, gosh, I go to the University of Illinois, man. I think I could do that, too, for Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I think it just takes initiative because we've seen it, you know, Penn State and Iowa, Oklahoma State, you know, they yeah. those schools are fully embedded into what they do as far as broadcasting wrestling. More Big Ten schools should be doing that. More Big Ten schools should at least the Big Ten. I mean, I know there's huge Big Twelve, like you know. Well, I mean, Oklahoma State obviously is Big Twelve, um, but I know there are other bigger wrestling programs that are not in the Big Ten. They should be devoting more resources to it, as far as as far as the media coverage is concerned, or at least the home base media coverage is concerned. So, I think it takes initiative, takes the right people to be aligned with your vision, and it just takes you researching and knocking on a bunch of doors. You know finding a lot of emails and um, just reaching out to the right people and see if something sticks. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to ask you, I noticed that you worked with uh, Chris mad dog Russo Russo, Chris Russo. I, I did. What was that like? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was his intern actually um, in the fall of 2017. And then I worked on this. That, that was one of my jobs at Sirius XM. I worked on his channel. I was a producer for the uh, overnight show where I was uh, converted to a part-time employee. But uh, yeah, it's it's as crazy as it sounds. I mean, he's he's like that. If you see him on first take or if you listen to his yeah. show on Sirius, that's how he's like. In, that's how he's like in real life. That that's that's no shtick. That is that that is Chris Mad Dog Russo to a T. He is that passionate about all sports. He's a sports fan. Big, yeah, he's the definition of a sports fan. Nicest guy ever, though. Treated me right. like one of his own when I was uh, 
an intern for him for what was it three? It was like three months. Um, yeah, but he, that that was quite the experience. I, I learned I learned a lot. Learned a lot about. I, I probably learned. A, I mean, again, I learned about producing and board hopping while I was there. But I think I learned more about myself as what I could do as a broadcaster from him. Just taking little tidbits from him and his passion and how he frames things. And you know, as a, as a, as a as a host, he's not a play by play guy. He's a he's a host. But I learned, but I, I think you could take lessons from all that into and just to put it into all of your types of broadcasting, whether it's hosting or it's a play by play, or if you're doing just straight hard news on TV or radio. Um, he he definitely taught me a lot just by me just sitting right next to him for three months for sure. Yeah, the first thing you said that was it's not a shtick. That's that's no, weird. No, that's real. That is all real. Now, could he play it up a tiny bit for TV because he's on camera? Sure, but that's him. That's him to a T. Yeah. And that, that would be like the first thing I, I would learn. I learned then is like, be yourself. So if that's who you're going to be, or if that's who you are on TV, like that's he's that. off and he's had a career, he's, he's had a career resurgence, not that he needed a career resurgence, but he's had more resurgence in the digital age at this point, based on his work with ESPN now. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. What, uh, what are you doing now? Uh, so you got Rutgers baseball. What else is going on on the docket? Here? Yeah. So now that wrestling's, over now, I mean, I, I mean, I'll still be, you know, keeping in touch with certain people in the wrestling community. Obviously, in touch with the, with the uh, Rutgers program, seeing what's going to happen with recruiting and uh, the transfer portal. And again, I'm not a guy who's here to break news. I'm just here, you know, I, I I just like it for the context and to be in the know essentially. And then you know, I'll share it when it's actually public and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, just you know, keeping in touch with them. Still, you know, on three is a full time job. So it, we're transitioning into the NFL draft. Essentially, we're finishing on March Madness. Um, and on three, so we'll we'll transition into more basketball transfer portal stuff, and we'll go into the NFL draft. Uh, my broadcasting duties at this point will probably just consist of a little Rutgers baseball. You know, obviously, I'm doing uh, four games this month. Uh, I got one on Tuesday against Hofstra on Big Ten Plus, and then I'm doing the three game series against Michigan. I believe that's uh, it's two weeks after that, so it's it's a week after Easter. I'm pretty sure it is. That that's a three game series I'm doing on Big Ten Plus, and then we'll see what happens with uh, uh, May as well. I'll, I'll usually do it between anywhere like you know three to five or six games during the season. Again, I'm like you know I'm I'm one of the backup guys for all the other sports, of course, because I'm you know wrestling's my wrestling's my gig. Uh, my buddy Dom. He does. He, I give him all the props in the world. He does all the sports that they do on Big Ten Plus. He's the main guy. We have a couple other guys that do baseball as well. So, I'm you know I'm put in there as well. So I got four games this month, and then we'll see what May brings. Other than that, if I don't if I don't broadcast anything on May, you know I'll still be doing, you know, hopefully you know trying to book a couple different wrestling interviews myself for on three, um, doing some other stuff maybe for football off season and, you know, just, you know, just kind of poking around, experimenting a little bit with on three as well. I'll do some other hits with some other guys that I'm friendly with in the media industry on their, on their podcast. So I don't go away entirely uh, once wrestling is over. So once baseball hits, I'm a little quieter, at least talking wise, but you know, I'll still be active and whatnot. Yeah. So another, just like personal question from my end is just, you know, if I, you know, I, I, I'm in the same spot where in essence, like I want to bring more coverage to Nebraska wrestling. Okay. Um, I, I know the SID for wrestling, but like, I would like to, I graduate in the fall and it's like, I don't want that coverage to die. Right. I feel like I am the only one that is, you know, spearheading the wrestling. And once I graduate, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Stay in touch. I mean, I felt the same way almost. I mean, luckily I had my buddy, Matt, who I broadcast with now. He was obviously in college another year. But then when he left, I was like, what's going to happen? I mean, is the other students going to still obviously keep up that type of coverage? And they have to an extent, of course. You know, it's different. Everyone has a different spin on it. But obviously I'm still involved at, you know, on Big Ten Plus. I'm still I'm, you know, I I. I reach out to fans, season ticket holders, certain boosters. I'm, I'm familiar and friendly with all of them from, you know, I'm still friendly with the staff. So SIDs are more than well, are more than happy to put coverage out there in a positive light. So just keep in touch. That's all I can say. Just, you know, build your, build the network, build your contacts, stay in touch, utilize Twitter, utilize social media. It's the yeah. biggest asset we have right now as members of the media. And, you know, it, it can really uh, balloon from there. You'll be, you know, you could uh, essentially change your identity to uh, the Nebraska guy, Nebraska wrestling guy. Yeah. Well, who else like who? So you broadcast right now. You're covering it for on three. Was on three really like a wrestling? I mean, 24 seven really wasn't like that either. I just kind of. Yeah, I didn't think so. Either. You know, we had the at 24 seven Big Ten markets are big. You know, obviously they have big viewership. At 24-7, same thing with on three. And, you know, Penn State obviously crushes everywhere when it comes to wrestling coverage. So that's kind of how I spearheaded it over there. And then now that I'm on three, you know, I could do more than just Penn State. I could do right. – I mean, I, I did a little bit of that at 24-7 as well. But, you know, they're more on board with it because, I'm, you know, again, I try to be really productive in the day-to-day responsibilities, you know, with football, with basketball, with transfer portal, with the, the NFL coverage we do as well. So um, – but I know it works. Um, as far as wrestling is concerned, what markets will click, um, how to sell it on social media and whatnot, and just providing that coverage. I just, you know, just me spearheading it and having the knowledge of it. That's like if somebody was really in depth with their basketball knowledge and they decided to do some more creative liberty, take more creative liberties with their coverage on on three or 24-7, for instance. So that's kind of what I did for wrestling because no one's really tapped that market. I feel like I did at 24-7. And now that I'm at a different place, uh, I could certainly spearhead it. And I would love to just keep ballooning that. So if you took you mean you asked me about my, you know, five-year plan and goals. I mean, within the immediate future, I would love to keep growing the wrestling base. At on three, because we're known for football, we're known for basketball. Again, the, the the site itself and the company is only three years old. It's we're only in the third year of existence because you know Shannon Terry founded Rivals in twenty four seven, founded this company as well. So we're only in year three of production essentially. So the way I look at it is, I'm coming in on the ground floor. I could really build something now with yeah. Not it's an established brand at this point, but it's still growing because we're known for football, basketball, recruiting coverage. Now with now more so with the uh, the NIL stuff transfer portal. So why not add wrestling to the mix there? Yeah, yeah. And how do you like? Last thing I guess, as I know you got to go, but um, radio work. You know, trying to continue coverage because, like you said, Iowa has Iowa has Mark Ironside and uh, I can't think of the guy his his partner's name, it, but um, it escaped you know. me too. And, I, and I've I've run into those guys since we were broadcasting as students at MSG back in 2016. It's, yeah. it, it is, but 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 yeah, like Jeff Byers at Penn State too. He does it by himself. Yeah, I mean, how do you get like that? That could be something like you could pitch to Rutgers and be like, look, do you know how important this would be? I mean, they had what they had one of the best home attendance records, you know, in the big 10 this year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, ideally, I mean, that's something I would definitely do, you know, do big 10 plus at home and do radio on the road, you know, kind of how I, uh, 
have been you know teasing throughout our conversation. So um, that is um, that'd be I would say that'd be very very ideal for a place like Rutgers. I mean, do you talk to? Is that something you run by the university? You know, like because I was thinking, yeah, like, it depends on. I guess, I guess depend, like, yeah, I would say it depends on what the university does broadcasting wise. I know a lot of them use Learfield IMG, so wherever they run football and basketball with, probably the same thing for wrestling. Just, I'm, I, I would say just you know the way I the way I'm framing it in my head, pitch the right idea, why it's important, why it's needed, what can be done with it. And, you know, again, people there, there's a passion for it. There's a desire for it. It's just not out of the public yet. You know what I mean? It's just not out there yet. They would, but they would be like, you know what? We'll listen to that. We'll watch that or whatever the case may be. Well, yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, I appreciate you doing this, you know, sharing your passion. Thank you. you I appreciate you having me on and just, uh, you know, talking about, you know, we need more, you know, we always need more of this rest, you know, just more wrestling discussions and, any way, shape, or form, national champions, broadcasters, passionate fans. They just, you know, I love, you know, the, the stories are all there. I appreciate right. you having me on. Exactly. Yeah. And I agree. You know, I mean, uh, I know you were talking about how it's not like you have all these credentials, but that that's the beauty of it. Like you don't need all these credentials to be as passionate about the sport as you are. And I've had numerous people on here. Some I haven't even wrestled before, you know, but they're right. Love the sport, you know? So it's absolutely just wanted to shed some light on that and you're doing a great job. So no, awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. It was good. Yeah. This was fun. World, I love the tears are just to be part of the wave can't stop. Ever wonder if it's all for you. The world, I love the trains are hard to be part of the wave can't stop. Come and tell me when it's time to. again for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guest nick costco for taking the time to sit down and chat with me cover art created and designed by Kristen gill please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on twitter instagram snapchat and my brand new facebook page to hear more of my content and don't forget check out my new website at let's talk wrestling podcast.my.canva.site and as always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Stop the spirits when they need you. This life is more than just a read through.